Hello, everyone, and welcome to Caught My Pod. I am your host, Sarah Knightley, and I'm joined today by my returning guest, Corey, and a new guest, Josh. Hey, guys, how are you? Wonderful. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you doing, Josh? It's beautiful day. So, Josh, since you're the new guest on the show, why don't you tell the listeners uh, a little bit about like your like what's your history with Game of Thrones? Like, how did you how did you start watching the show? Okay, so I picked up after season one. Uh, you know, the show really got got a bunch of steam, so I been, went back and watched it on HBO, and from there uh, I read the books and. You know, we're, we're here now, but I've read the books once. I've probably seen the show two or three times all the way through. Awesome. So you have read the books then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And welcome back, Corey. It's It's been a while. I think the last show that you were on with me was, what, season six, I believe? Yep. yep, it was six. Awesome. Well, it's so cool to have you guys on the show. So today we're going to be talking about the new episode that just came out uh, for season eight, episode one, titled Winterfell. And um, have a couple of, well, just one really production thing. I put the wiki up here. I don't know if you guys want to talk about anything specific, but I watched some of the special features after the show was over. And apparently George Lucas visited the set. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, right. There were a lot of cool cameos. So Mac from all. Boy, Sonny was the first Ironborn who got shot uh, during Theon's rescue. Yeah, there, I thought that was that. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, it was a two like two comedians were on. I yeah, I think it was like Martin Starr. I'm not sure who that is exactly, but yeah, I definitely I know Mac. I wasn't positive either. Yeah, there's a there's they've packed this season with a lot of special features. I didn't get a chance to watch all of them yet, but I I definitely plan to. But there was a lot a lot of stuff on there. Did you, did either one of you get a chance to watch any of the the cast remembers? episodes where like the cast is talking about their own personal experiences on the set uh, i watched Maisie's just because it came across my feed but not uh, i didn't really go out of my way to watch any of those definitely watch them they're really good and they're really short they're only like five minutes so mm-hmm. yeah definitely watch them they're they're pretty interesting well let's get right into this show um what do you guys think the central theme. I, I like to always find central themes. So, what do you guys think the central theme of this of this episode was? Do you want to go ahead, Corey? Sure. Okay. So, for theme, I mean, it's kind of hard to come up with a theme for this particular episode for me. I think for the season that this is kind of setting all the place maps for, it's the whole theme of unity because obviously there's a little bit of strife happening right now between Sansa and Danny and just how the North is just being a lot of shit and giving her a lot of gruff over coming to save them and I think that's kind of kind of stupid on their part but unity is inevitably what's going to help the living win if they are in fact going to win and that's something they really need to work towards what do you think what do you think Josh yeah, I, it's really hard to say a central theme of the episode because this episode and then it, it seems like the next one are just basically the setup, you know, finishing the domino, putting the dominoes up before they knock everything over and we see, you know, what the finale is going to be. Um, realistically, the the thing that I got from it is, you know, even 
even up north, even though they've seen the White Walkers, people still can't get along. I mean, everybody's still scheming behind everyone else's back, and honestly, that sets up some good tension going forward for the last five episodes. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I just put reunions. It seemed like to me that everybody was kind of coming back together, but but then, of course, like you bring up Josh, even though they're in the same room together, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean that they're on the same side. Yeah, you know... As you well know, I have a tremendous hate for Sansa, or I have in the past. I actually think she's turning into a really good leader. I think a lot of the decisions she's making regarding Winterfell as a whole are really smart. She's making sure the food is there. She's called the banners to make sure everybody retreats, even though those fucking idiots like the Glovers are doing their own goddamn thing for whatever reason. And the Umbers are not exactly faring so well right now. But I think she is doing really great, but she needs to get out of her own damn way and understand that, you know, Danny is there to help with the Dothraki, with the Unsullied, and with the fucking dragon. So, you know, if if you have a better idea of how to do something, please let us know. Otherwise, your food storages uh, need to be raided a little bit. And I'm pretty sure they would have brought some of their own food, too. So I don't know what she's bitching about. She hasn't really seen the Army of the Dead yet, so I guess that's why she's kind of a little naive to it. Yeah, I mean, I think that she just knows, like Josh brought up, how how the North is and how the people are, and that and, and her too. I mean, they're just very skeptical, and you can't blame Sansa for being skeptical, of course. I mean, what happened to her the last time a Southern Queen came to Winterfell? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll tell you exactly <laughs> what happened. She was a fucking idiot about it, and she lied. And got Lady killed, so that was her first mistake, but she's learned about that since then. And they need to understand that it's not just some regular-ass army coming to them for, like, this year-long siege. Like, the Army of the Dead is either going to sweep over them and just fuck everything up, or they're going to be, or they're going to survive somehow, and it's going to be over in, like, a couple of days. So having good food storage is great for a regular winter. But when it comes to what they're about to be facing, you know, this petty bullshit really doesn't fly. Well, when you say petty bu- like, what do you mean petty bullshit? What, what okay. is she doing that's petty? Okay. Oh, let's see. Oh, we don't know what dragons even eat. And that's when Danny finally claps back saying, listen, bitch, they'll eat what they want. So don't even worry about it. You know, it, you know, you would think that that she would be excited that all these people are coming to help her. So I think she just needs to get out of her own way a little bit. So, I mean, honestly, they're all going to be against Jamie next episode anyway. So that'll probably put oh, yeah. together a little bit. That poor guy's going to get fucking break through the Colts. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that everybody's really just upset at John ultimately because he, because of what he's done, because he's, he's bent the knee and, given up given up his title the north is no longer independent i think that's more or less what it is obviously danny is getting blamed for it but it's they're mad at him obviously because we saw what happened with the glovers the glovers won't even save their own skin because of what he did so well and then you know are other than aria all the starts in my opinion are kind of terrible because they're just kind of doing what ned did and that got Ned killed. So I'm not really sure why, you know, the way the way that Sans is acting and even John to an extent. Now, John, of course, knows more than anybody else because he's actually fought the White Walkers. But 
you know, you would you would think as much as they were talking about protecting their family that they might listen to John a little bit more and not immediately, you know, go in the other direction. Yeah, I I agree with that to an extent, but I can see I understand why they're upset with him because this was not in the plan. He never went to them and said, I'm going to go and and just been the knee to this queen and that's who that's who's going to be our queen and i'm going to bring her back here and everybody's going to have to bow to her well i'm sure nobody talked about that that was never in the cards yeah well (laughs) you know i think the cards and the card table and the poker chips get thrown out the window when an undead dragon takes down the wall and um however many thousands of undead zombies are coming to kill you all you know, I feel well, they at didn't that know point, that, though, at that point, though. Well, they know it now. They know well, it now, but nobody knew that then. They got creepy-ass brand now. Well, they knew the Army <laughs> of the Dead was real when John was like, hey, by the way, we're going to have a bigger problem when they were talking about it kind of towards the end of Season 7, or the beginning of Season 7, rather. Yeah, let's... <laughs> let's get let's get on into that we'll, we'll get into that in a second we'll talk about brandon in a second but um so how did you guys actually watch the premiere because i kept seeing all this crazy stuff like on my facebook page and everything about people having like watch parties and uh all their food do you watch game of thrones eat because i don't watch game of thrones and eat this is not like a, a show that i eat to i have like certain shows that i eat to this is not one of them how are people eating to this show <laughs> I'll tell you what, I saw all those posts across the couple of Facebook groups, and people are not fucking around. Like, they laid out some awesome spreads. I thought it was really cool they had watch parties. (laughs) So, I could not be any more opposite from them. I am in a room by myself. I got my TV on HBO. My phone is off at 8.30, and I don't want to know anything about the outside world. I don't want people around me. I want to watch the new episodes and just take them all in on my own. Yeah, I'm... That that's basically what I did too. I mean, I watched it with with my fiance here, but we didn't talk during the episode. You know, we we watched it, and then afterwards we kind of shared some opinions. But I couldn't imagine watching a show like that, especially if you've spent years and years getting into it. Yeah, to have it screwed up by somebody being like, "Hey, why are we out of hot dogs?" Or you know. <laughs> Like, I, I couldn't imagine just some random person, you know, trying to tweet during it and then having to turn and be like, are you, you know, are you kidding? What the fuck are we doing right now? Yeah, uh, I, I learned back in 2003 when the Patriots were playing the Panthers, there was a lot of people at that Super Bowl party that didn't care about the game and were just going off on tangents. And I just know where my mind and my mouth would take me. So I just moved myself from that situation. entirely. Not you, Corey. No way. Oh, my God. I will murder. <laughs> yeah, that uh, oh, we God. did a we did a watch party for when the Falcons went to the Super Bowl, and by the end of it, me and my dad, who are huge Falcon fans, were just telling <laughs> people to shut the fuck up. You know, like we can't we can't do people whenever something serious is going on because yeah, we're too serious to. about it. <laughs> um, so we've kind of discussed a, a little bit uh, of the show already, but what did? Do you think that the show lived up to your expectations? Like, how high were expectations, and did it meet those? It did, because I knew what I was expecting. You know, obviously, it was 595 days, essentially, from (laughs) the end of 7 to this one. So, obviously, my hype meter was at an all-time high, but I understood I'm not getting the Battle of Winterfell this episode. I'm getting all the reunions that I was expecting, and I'm just seeing all of the pieces 
come into play. And like Josh had mentioned earlier, everything, the dominoes are going to be knocked down as we progress through the season. You know, I saw a lot of people complaining about pacing and this, that, the other thing. I think they're fucking stupid because the pacing was fine. The reunions felt exactly how they should, especially with John seeing Bran. The whole John area thing was, I think, pretty great as well. Well, so to jump on that real quick, um, I agree with you. The pacing was fine, but I think the thing people had issues with were, for example, Daenerys and Jon taking a five-minute dragon excursion for no reason. And that kind of stuff. This late in the game, whenever we only have a couple hours left, it's like, did we really need to, did we need to get into that whenever there's more important business to, to attend to? I get that. I think there's a couple of reasons for that scene. One, they needed to get away and fuck, and so they wouldn't be caught by anybody. The second was, uh, on one of the rewatches, you'll notice when they're flying by, Rhaegal tilts, and he actually shows John is riding him to, like, Tyrion and Varys and Davos on the battlements. I thought that was interesting, where they actually literally saw John doing it. I also think it sets up for during the Battle of Winterfell, John can ride Rhaegal now, because, I mean, at least he'll know a little bit about what he's doing. So I think, even though the meme of A Whole New World was pretty great on it, I saw that and retweeted it today, uh, (laughs) I I still think there's going to be uh, some benefits to that down the road. Plus, the waterfalls look pretty cool. Right, and we got to watch the dragons watch them make out. and That That was pretty funny, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that scene in a minute. Um, yeah, I that was definitely I put that on for one of my worst scenes for sure. Um, but what but what were some of our our favorite scenes? What um, Corey, what were some of your favorite scenes? My favorite scene was definitely at the beginning, just the emotion of seeing the armies come in to Winterfell and just seeing John's face when he first saw Bran. Because you remember the last time he saw Bran was in season one when Bran was in a coma and I mean, still kind of is at this point, let's be honest, but you know, he, he had no idea if he was going to wake up and he had to go to the wall and it was just that to me, that was the most emotional scene, even though Sam's was pretty great later on in the episode. I think those two were definitely my favorites. Um, yeah, I love the opening scene. I, I put that on here as one of my favorite ones. I, I was a little fearful when I was watching the trailers that, this entire season was just going to be that they were just going to verbatim repeat season one or yeah, season one. Cause they didn't know what else to do. <laughs> so I was like, Oh no, here we go. But I feel like they didn't, they didn't, I don't think that they repeated it verbatim. Um, they did kind of play the same music. So I was a little concerned with that. They kind of changed it up a little bit, but um, yeah. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that we're getting just a repeat of season one? I know, Josh, that that is one of your Reddit stories. I kind of jumped ahead. I apologize, but. You know, honestly, it would make sense from the point that, you know, the White Walkers have came down before. There have been other kings. There have been other wars. There is kind of a poetic, you know, this has all happened before. It's all going to happen again if they do continue on the theme of kind of repeating season one. Yeah. What do you think about that, Corey? I think there's parallels, but I think there's so much difference now that it's not really going to be like season one. Because, I mean, realistically, season one had a small procession for the king coming 
into Winterfell. He did not bring two armies from Essos and two giant dragons. So I think it's just kind of that, like, full circle where, okay, here's where we started. Here's where we're going to be ending it. So, I mean, I'm not concerned that we're having just a repeat of season one because I I don't even see how that would even be possible at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I feel my, I think that my fears are pretty much squashed. I mean, there may be there's going to be some callbacks and some nods, which is fine, but I just didn't want to completely repeat. Uh, let's talk about Tyrion and Sansa. What did you guys think about that scene? Uh, honestly, it was it was great. Uh, most of the reunions I thought went really well. I guess we'll kind of see uh, how Jamie and Bran are at the beginning of the next episode, but. <laughs> Other than that, I, I really thought they did a good job because, you know, these characters haven't seen each other in so long. And I even thought, kind of jumping ahead, that um, Arya and the, and the Hound was was really well done. Yeah, I liked that, too. I liked how they didn't, they didn't you know, spend a lot of time on it. They didn't hem-haw around about it. It was pretty much exactly, <laughs> exactly how the two of them would be. You know, whenever they ran into each other again. And I loved Arya's face whenever she saw him riding in with everybody. Her face where she's like, great. Here he is. I thought he was dead. <laughs> what did you think about that? Well, in the, the, the come at me, bro, that everybody else did mm. to each other. You know, that's not Arya's style. That's not the Helm style. So I, you know, I, I thought it did really good. Now, shut up and let Corey talk now. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. So I thought that scene was really great as well, just because Sansa has grown so much since she left King's Landing. And, you know, Tyrion calls out, hey, uh, it was kind of interesting to talk about why you left and I'm yeah. sitting here being accused <laughs> of murder. Yeah, so, why my life ran, why, why my wife ran away. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, just kind of Sansa's evolution, she's gotten so smart to this point where she she's learned from Cersei, she's learned from Littlefinger. She knows good and damn well there's no fucking Lannister army coming up to to help them. And she that's why she drops the mic on Tyrion and is like, you know, wow, I used to think you were smart. And then right. it's like she knows before Jamie's even gonna tell him next episode. So I think she's on her game with Tyrion there, but I thought I thought it was good. But I mean I also think she should be a little bit grateful that she's probably only alive because of Tyrion. Because he was the only person before the Tyrell showed up to actually give her a semblance of humanity down there. Yeah, yeah I mean, realistically, you know, they could that whole scene could have been summed up as her going, thanks for not raping me. Because you're <laughs> the only person who apparently does not want to have sex with Sans on the entire show. <laughs> Hashtag me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so funny. On, can, yeah, I, on I, the subject of rape, can I just mention something really quickly? Sure. Okay. If I see any of these fucking idiots on Instagram or just women in general start using that fucking quote about uh, if you want a queen, earn her, or if you want a whore, buy her, it's like, please don't use that because she literally fucks him like five minutes later and there's no empowerment. And yeah, not to a, mention that's a thing on, on Twitter right now. Of course it is oh, because they're stupid. And it's like, why why don't we also not forget a little tidbit about her being pregnant with her brother's kid? So may, maybe we don't right. use that quote to perpetuate female empowerment. Just maybe, yeah, maybe maybe don't use Cersei as your example. Just saying. 
God. Basic bitches be bitches. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about uh, Cersei and Euron since we're on the subject. What the fuck? I love Euron. He's awesome. I think we talked about this in season six. He's the Joker to me. He is extremely pragmatic and just out for numero uno and just does not care who's in his wake. I absolutely love him. But the whole that whole thing is just. I, I mean, I like him too. I I think Euron's a good time. I think he's fine. Whatever. But like, how? Okay, so he's going off to fuck the queen in his words, and then Theon just. Is able just to get on the ship, no problem. Save Yara, no problem. We don't even get to see him fight. I, I think I put that down. Did I put that down as one of my other disappointing scenes? Anyway, it was. Um, I was just really let down by that. I thought, come on. That's- it was smart. I mean, why would you have a big clanging battle? I mean, first of all, all of the people on the silence are, in fact, silenced. Silenced because Euron cuts their tongues out, so it's not like they could yell for help, anyways. So, you know, back in season one, this was another callback where he's like, Ah, the Ironborn are fa- famed archers, and we finally get to see that seven seasons later. So, I thought it was really smart. It was like somebody compared it to like SEAL Team Six or Squid Team Six, where they just come <laughs> in, pop a few arrows, and you know, put an axe in some dude's face, some dude's face, and hey. Yeah, let's roll. Because, I mean, I feel like at that point, Euron is feeling like, who the hell is going to bother us here? So, I mean, I don't know how they got there. I imagine, like, a little rowboat or something. But I guess he was just more worried about, hey, the Golden Company's here. I want to fuck Cersei now. Yeah, I I didn't have a problem with it either. But more just because that's a loose end that I think they tied up just really quickly. And for for a show that took its time for five years... For them just to be like, these guys are minor players, but let's let's get this over with something that would have took three episodes. But the thing about Euron, and the only thing that, that kind of kills me about the show, because I'm not one of those people that, that care about every little change, but in the books it kind of seems like he's turning into the drowned, like that's kind of his, that's what he wants to do. He wants to be the drowned god. And having him have that transformation on the show, I think, would have been really, would have been an interesting choice. You could have had him look like somebody on Pirates of the Caribbean or Cthulhu or whatever. But I I think that that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, that's because they chose to went with uh, the Dorn plotline in season five instead of the Ironborn. And the combination of him and Victarion being the Euron we're getting in the show, I believe, is what contributed to that. Yeah, I mean that that's great, but now that they've kind of dropped Dorn altogether because one of the sand snakes said that or not the sand snake, the the main woman said that she's not coming back this year. So if that's the case, it's Yeah, that's a real loss. Really, uh, oh, well they were all terrible, but you know, <laughs> that was that was also time we could have been using for things that seem more important. I mean, we got one good prison nude scene out of it, but you know, uh, that was a lot of time for not a lot of, not a lot of, uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, Sam and John. What'd you guys think about the data dump that we finally got? We've been waiting forever for this because the fandom has known who John is for quite some time now. And now it's finally, 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 finally official. 
Yeah, well, I'm sure there's still some people out there who will maintain that R plus L does not equal J, and those people are even dumber than anyone I can imagine that watches show but i i thought it was exactly how it needed to be it was in the crypts it was very interesting that it was right next to the statue of uh, liana and also ned so you know next time we saw you see each other we'll talk about your mother it ended up working out there but you know sam was obviously very emotional after learning that his brother more so than his father were just burnt to a crisp and so he was just ready and primed to just let it all out and try to see what john or Aegon would even do as king yeah, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, honestly, in my opinion, it seems like we've killed a lot of the good actors off. And whenever John finds out, it just it, it didn't it didn't seem like he gave the kind of performance that finding out that you're the king of everything would would make somebody do. Of course, on the other hand, who knows how you you'd respond to that. So it just seemed really weird for him to immediately go to, well, that's treason, you know, and not be like, holy shit, this, this thing I, that I've wondered my entire life, I'm, I'm getting an answer to. It's just not the answer I wanted. Yeah, I'm curious to see how the follow-up goes with that, just because that's quite the bombshell to drop. Oh, by the way, uh, Ned wasn't really your father. But I thought it was great how he said, you know, Ned's the most honorable man I ever knew. And Sam was like, yeah, but, you know, Bran does what Bran does and confirmed it based on uh, High Septon and Maynard's writings they found in the Citadel. And so he's just got to be dumbfounded and completely flustered at this point. So I'm very much looking forward to the next conversation he has with Danny about that. That's going to get awkward real quick. And then just kind of, I feel like he has to talk with Bran a little bit and say, so you want to fill me in on a couple of details here or what? And, you know, I thought Sam asked the question that's really going to be lasting throughout the entire season is, you know, hey, you gave up your crown to Danny to save your people. Will she do the same? And I don't think that answer is yes. Right. <clears throat> No, absolutely not. No. Yeah, it's interesting how he, th throughout this whole entire episode, he continuously says that titles and crowns don't matter anymore, but, but then he's demanding that everybody bow to her. And then, of course, Sam tells him, oh, by the way, you know, you're... You're king of everything. And I, I thought John Bradley did an excellent job, but I, I agree with you, Josh, that I felt like I felt like Kit Harrington's performance fell fell a little flat for me. But maybe, like you're saying, Corey, we get a payoff for that maybe in the next few episodes. Hopefully. Okay. Imagine I walked up to you tomorrow and said, oh, by the way, Sarah, you are the Queen of England. You, you might be a little dumbfounded for a couple of minutes. First of all, thinking I'm full of shit. And second of all, just wanting some proof to that. So I, I feel like since we didn't get that whole scene flushed out too much, it was more so he only said it's treason for him to say she's not queen just because he's thinking, just imagine all the thoughts that are going through his head at that moment. Like I've got all this shit piled on. It's like the scene in my cousin Vinny where he's like, I got giant loud whistles, slaughtered pigs. And on top of this, I got to deal with fucking being the secret king of the seven kingdoms here. So I think we just got to cut him a little bit of slack there. Yeah. And, and fair enough. I, I agree. with Yeah. That. I mean, and it's, I am. Yeah. You know, maybe even the way that they go about it in the, the show. And of course, I'm sure the book will be slightly different, but it's really weird to kind of have an argument and then immediately be like, hey, by the way, you're you're the ruler of everything. 
you know, because they do have that yeah. little shouting match. It seems like maybe maybe we could have done that a little bit differently. But yeah, Daenerys's response to that is probably the crux of the show going forward. Because if she handles it poorly, we kind of know what's going on there. And if she, you know, handles it well, there's been people for years that were hoping they'd get together and, you know, maybe have a little baby. So it, it seems like her response is really... You know, that that's going to set the show going forward. Oh, for sure. I guarantee what's going to happen is that's going to be kind of underlying between interrogating Jamie and all the shit that's going to be happening in episode two. And as we kind of get to a crescendo of, by the way, you're my aunt. That's when the army of the dead is going to be like, yo, what up, fellas? Yeah. Well, and the funny thing about that is, you know, if it seems like all the houses know the history of all the other houses, does it matter that she's his aunt? I mean, that's what the Targaryens do. It, but John's not a Targaryen. Yeah, but John's not a quote technically. I mean, he's not a Targaryen only by blood. He wasn't raised that Here, way. Here's a question. So going forward, and this is for both of you, do you think that they continue to call him John or not? I think he would request that they do i don't think he would be all of a sudden say nope my name is actually Aegon, so just call me that i think he is definitely hit you know it's kind of like yondu and guardians you know he he might not be his father but he's his daddy so that's what ned stark's role is and he raised them together and he just exemplifies all the best qualities ned had so i i, I think he's going to be john throughout his life unless he's actually crowned king Aegon. but i think people would still call him john yeah, it it depends on whether or not he, what he does going forward, if he pursues this, or if he takes it, if he has an opportunity. I mean, it it it's all depends on that. On right, yeah, I guess does. the crown thing would be whenever he decided to change his name over, at least formally. Exactly. But yeah, I didn't know if dead naming was a thing. You know, the same way we can't call Caitlyn Jenner Bruce. He's gonna get upset if people <laughs> calling him John. He's like, I'm not a snow. I'm actually. He might. <laughs> yeah, he might. I mean, he's not enjoyed being a bastard his whole life. So yeah, he he may not. I mean, this this was a theory I had a couple of seasons ago, actually. That when John did find out, or not when John found out, but when we found out who John was, I apologize. Um, I kind of thought that we would get, we would get a John who was like, oh. I'm king of everything. Well, hell yeah. <laughs> Give it to me. I want it. <laughs> but um, at this point, it doesn't look like that's going to happen, obviously, because we don't have enough time. I think if we maybe had another season or another two seasons, we might see something like that happen. But it would be an interesting arc for his character to to get that, to get to get something where, like I said, he's always wanted. He's never wanted to be a bastard. It's always he's always hated it. And now he's not. So. I would have liked to have seen something like that, a total change in his character, but we just don't have time for it anymore, unfortunately. I think he's going to continue to do the, the John thing and be very John about this whole situation and and just do like what he's what he said, you know, she's the queen and keep bowing to her. So I think that's what we're going to get. I think he's more concerned about that little nuisance to the north at the current moment. So yeah, why, why don't and, we deal that, with that and we'll look at the fallout? You know, obviously... Should the way I see that battle going, I don't know if we're going to be talking about that too much, but I feel like it's not going to be really a win for either side. And I think eventually it's going to end in more south. 
So curious to see how that ends up. But I mean, just dealing with that whole thing, it's it's almost like it really doesn't matter at this point. Like you have to defeat the Night King before anything even remotely associated with who he is or what he may be ruler of is even important. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about poor little Lord Umber and the crazy death squirrels. <laughs> let's, let's talk about that for a minute. What did you guys? What did you guys think about this scene? When I saw that kid scream, I laughed my absolute ass off because it sounded <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. I mean, as soon as Sansa oh sent him God. north, I was like, well, you're fucked. Because, I mean, the wall's been mm-hmm. breached. And t- let's uh, take a look at the castle closest to it. Well, sorry, Ned. Uh, I think you're done, though. Yeah, I just, you know, you you knew what was coming because we've seen people reanimate. So whenever they had that camera shot with him still in the frame, he went, oh, yeah, yeah, he's about to scream or something's about that. He's going to try to get off the wall or something. But uh, but yeah, no, the the same way I I thought it was funny more than anything. (laughs) Yeah, the these death swirls, what? What do you guys think is going on with these death swirls? What what's the deal? They are markings from the children of the forest. Other than that, I don't have a fucking clue. We've seen them in a few places now. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, the only thing I could add to that is maybe, you know, the the White Walkers have decided to do it kind of a bastardization of what it originally was. Kind of saying we're taking back over, we're, you know, we're taking the symbol for ourselves. But other than that. You know, they said it was magic when the kids used it. I don't think it's magic for the White Walkers, but there was a theory that the farther south they got, they would have to do those to have winter kind of continue behind them how it is. But I've got no idea. I I have no idea. Yeah, because you remember when they created the first White Walker there, that symbol was in rocks, and the White Walkers are kind of emulating their creators. But that'd be actually very interesting if they had to keep doing that symbol for whatever reason so i i I don't know if we're going to get an answer so much in the show other than that's what they do uh probably more so in the books we'd get a little bit more of that flushed out i agree i don't think we're going to get a conclusion to anything on the night king or the white walkers in this series because of the prequels because the the first prequel we're going to get it's looking like it's going to be all about them so they can't really spoil anything in this so unfortunately i just i don't think we're going to get much of a conclusion i don't really know why they even keep doing it unless it's just to strum up more you know hype for the prequels more questions more things that you're going to want answered so that you'll watch it so so really quickly because i sarah i've heard you i've heard you say that kind of over and over as i've i've caught up on on the recaps and the, the things that you've done um so i do agree that with the Night King, we might get something in the future. But do you think that there's going to be a prequel involving anyone that's alive right now? No. I think they've already come out and said that. There's not going to be anything on them. Because well, the, the only reason I bring it up is I think you said something about one of the Reed kids. And you were like, well, they'll save that for the prequels. And I, I was just kind of confused what you meant by that. Oh, the Cranig men. The uh, they're called Cranning Men. So yeah, I think that they'll definitely be in the prequels at some point. I don't know if they'll be in the Long Night or not, but they'll definitely be there at some point. 
Well, yeah, they're, because they're they're kind of mixed with the children. That's right, the theory. They're, exactly, they're mixed with the children of the forest. So, so yeah, I wasn't talking about the reeds per se. I was talking about the the Craningmen that we'll we'll definitely get some backstory on them, which I which I'm down for. I think that they're super interesting. So I'm excited for that. Honestly, fair so, enough. I mean, that was that was kind of my only question about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what did you guys not not like about the episode? I I couldn't stand the Avatar dragon writing scene. I thought it was horrible. Uh, uh, yeah, I just I couldn't even I couldn't even handle it. Well, I think you're crazy. I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> there was nothing I didn't like, to be honest with you. I yeah. got exactly what I wanted out of the episode. It was great to have it all back. And, you know, I, I can understand where people we're like, uh, it's a little corny and the memes and everything, but it was fine. I think it's setting it up to show John taking more of a leadership role in his Targaryen lineage as he rides the dragons and they create a giant field of fire in the battles to come. I hope he burns the whole fucking Golden Company I want riding Rhaegal. That'd be awesome. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, yeah the, the only thing I dislike, and you know, before I even go into it, the only reason that I'm pointing this out is because I do like Game of Thrones so much, you know, and I really do think that, that the dragon riding scene, that, that, that was kind of awful. And then also whenever Bran <laughs> decided to tell everybody, oh, there's an ice dragon and they're through the wall oh, and down today and everybody's like, okay, let's all have a conversation and. Yeah, let's send that one little kid back towards where the where the ice dragon's supposed to be. You know, he's so fine. So where sure everything is fine. happening. Yeah. Yeah, it would be yeah. like if, it would be like right now sending somebody to that church, the Notre Dame church. It's like, eh, maybe maybe we back <laughs> off. On that. Yeah, for the listeners that are listening, uh, that little uh, data bomb right there. Uh, uh, Notre Dame is on fire, apparently. <laughs> What else would the right listeners now? be doing? Watching? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I assume they're lost in our silky smooth voices right now. They, <laughs> they don't even hear the words. They just, like the, exactly. they just like the rasp. Exactly. Yeah, that the brand thing, it's just the way that he said it. It, it was just, and I, I did like, though, how he was like, we don't have time for this. That was <laughs> the most emotion he's thinking. shown. <laughs> We've all been saying it for two years. How are they going to do this? Because we don't have time for them to do anything. And he he just said it. So I thought it was hilarious how they how they threw that in there. But yeah, I don't think anybody really understands the dire situation they're really in because there's only a handful of people who have really seen what's coming. John being foremost of that. And I mean, Barrack and Tormund have seen the Ice Dragon. And it's got to be so surreal to them that they don't even believe it, really. Like, I, I feel like Danny was just like, what the fuck are you talking about, kid? So, like, I feel like there needs to be a couple more scenes. Like, when she sees Viserion, I think she's going to shit her pants, really. Because oh, that's going to be real as fuck at that point. Well, and that would be keeping track with the books. Because the first time she rides a dragon in the book, she gets off and shits everywhere. And for some reason, George R. R. Martin decided to spend five five pages telling us about that. Yeah, I'm not too <laughs> upset they uh, didn't have the shitting plague of Marine in the uh, show. 
Yeah, I'm not upset about that either. Because, yeah, I have heard that, that she's supposed to be, like, ill or sick or whatever at that point. And she lost all her hair, so I'm glad they kept that in. Or they kept her hair intact. You know, yep. but I kind of would think that that would... I wish they, they kept that in, because I heard that she wears, like, a lion skin in the books. She wears, like, a lion uh, head head covering or something. I don't know. I think that might have been cool at some point. Does she? I don't. I don't remember that. But I mean, it, it's been a hot minute since since I got through the books. Yeah, you can go online and find, of course, you know, different artist renderings and different things that they've drawn from what the description is. Anyway, it's it's pretty cool. It looks pretty awesome. The stuff that people come up with. Um, let's get into Reddit stories. Josh, what's your what's your first Reddit pick? Okay, so the the Reddit pick that I had uh, was basically. Uh, the name of it, spoilers, it's like poetry, it rhymes. And basically it just shows shot for shot. S- episode one, scene one, episode eight, scene one. And just kind of goes down the line showing people who could be stand-ins for people who may not be here anymore. And it's just, it's kind of interesting to think about, you know, these were the kids when the battle started. And now, you know, you have Sansa and she basically runs the north. You know, you have, uh, well, I guess Cersei's the same, but Tyrion's changed. And, um, you know, it, it's just, an, it's a neat circle. And I would kind of describe it better, but it's a photo with people talking about underneath it. And everybody underneath was like, oh, shit, that means John's going to die. And I don't know if that's true, but it seems like, you know, you start with one person getting their head chopped off. Maybe you end with a Jon Snow or... You know, spoiler alert, maybe it's Tyrion Lannister or something, just to kind of put the point home that anyone can die at any time. And this isn't going towards the happy-go-lucky story that everybody kind of hopes it is. Yeah, I've got it pulled up right now. It is pretty cool. It's like a shot. Yeah, it's, they've got a little side-by-side, shot-for-shot. Shot. And here's, of course, Jamie pushing <laughs> pushing Bran out of the window yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, so my first Reddit story is kind of like what we are have been talking about the whole time. It's it's coming from A Song of Ice and Fire. It's titled The Last Night's Episode in a Nutshell. And it's by user Streetlight, Streetlight Tones. Interesting username. Um, and basically, yeah, it's just it's just about what we've been talking about. Um, this is this might be a controversial opinion right now, but who rules over what matters and always will, apocalypse or not? Cersei is the current queen of the Seven Kingdoms. Well, actually, maybe three, if she's lucky. Um, and she literally would not move a finger to save others or herself. Her policy seems to be, I'll let the apocalypse kill my enemies for me, which is insane. Would this be a problem if, say, Tommen were on the throne or Fagon, or even if Tywin saw the zombies himself? I don't know, but it certainly would be better than this shit. Who rules armies matters. Who rules castles matters. Glover just bailed on them, but what if instead of Daddy Glover, if it, it were his sons that ruled over Deepwood? Would that have perhaps changed changed things? John is fine with Danny because she thinks she, he thinks she's decent, but what happens if that opinion changes? I'm not saying that she'll betray them, but she... Sorry, they kind of wrote this weird, but she says she does say something that puts his family at risk. 
will he still be okay with not being independent? I just think it's insane to say who rules over what doesn't matter when it's currently costing them soldiers and alliances. So, yeah, and like I said, this is pretty much what we've been talking about the whole time with John. He, in, in one sentence, he says, it doesn't matter. And then in the next sentence, but bow to a queen. It's like, what? but you just said it doesn't matter if there's a it queen or not. It doesn't, because the Northmen are just so hung up on titles and all this bullshit. It's like, can you just chill out on all that? Because this is the situation, you know, he, he, like I've said many times, he's seen the army of the dead. He's looked into the night King's eyes twice now, like just get over your fucking selves and just, you elected me King of the North. Just trust my judgment and kind of going onto that post, things would be 10,000% different if Tywin were still around because Tywin was extremely smart overall. And if he would have seen that, he would have been like, all right, well, we need to put aside our differences and deal with this. I mean, I I think a lot of things would be different comparatively if Tywin were around anyways. But if he were in that situation, he would have 100% sent Jamie North because there's no other option at that point. You know, but Cersei, why is he? But why is he only telling the Northmen to do that? He's not telling Danny to do that. He's never once told her, "Look, you need to cool it with all this queen shit." Because she is coming with ten thousand unsullied or however now. I mean, she, she, I mean, however many Dothraki and dragons. I mean, she is. I mean, th- pretty much she's 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 going to be queen, and it's just like. People are so worried about things that don't matter. It's so stupid. Just de- just go with it. Like, how how is your average northerner's life any different if John is king or Danny is queen in King's Landing? You know, there's what what like what they get an extra thing of food if John's king because he's such a swell guy. Like, it really doesn't matter to them. I I, I don't know why there's so much stubbornness happening there over that. Because they're northerners, and he knew how they would be. And instead of instead of telling her what he's telling them. He just lets her come in and say, "I'm queen of everything. Everybody bow but to me." But she didn't but then do he's that. Telling, but she, she ha- yes, she has. She's totally she done that. She is being super. She's totally done that. You are insane because she is being nothing but nice. She's like, "North's beautiful. You're beautiful, Sansa," <laughs> and then she doesn't say anything until she's until Sansa's like, "What do dragons even eat?" And that's when she's like, "They'll eat whatever the fuck they want, bitch." Like, and she is. That's what I'm talking te- about. Technically, the rightful queen. Right, but John is telling everybody it doesn't matter. He's telling everybody but her it doesn't matter. So it only matters with her. It's okay for her to for for us to have a title and have her be queen, but but nobody else. Nobody else can have titles. Nobody else can have Everybody else has her. titles. Everybody is still a lord. There's still uh Sansa's still the Lady of Winterfell. The only title that's changing is he's not king of of the North. That's literally the only title that's which changing. Which puts all of their titles and all of their lands and all of their holdings in jeopardy. Which is in what, he's not what po- possible capacity. She's not what is yeah. she gonna do? Rezone it? If she wants, if she's the queen of well, everything, well, no, well, I think, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think I think that where she's going with that is that you know, even though it's not gonna happen. There is the one percent chance that Cersei wins, and if Cersei wins, everybody that's with Daenerys dies. Exactly. I mean that that's just how it goes. And honestly, I think if it was Tywin, you know, we we think about him differently than we think about Cersei. But but Cersei was right. She goes, they have dragons. Like what what can we do when they have dragons? What can we do when they have the Dothraki who? can't be beat in open combat you know what how can we even help those people 
realistically, if we're going to, to stay on the throne, we need to come up behind them right after the battle ends and kill everybody. And, you know, we like those characters, so we go, well, she's a cunt, you know, this, that, and other. But and she is. And she is. But, I mean, honestly, if so, that was Tywin, that would be something that I think that we would take a little bit differently than the way it is right now. Okay, so let's say, for sake of argument, that the dead win. The dead then add all those dragons, all those Dothraki, all those Unsullied, and the Northmen, and they are just fucked. They can have the Golden Company, they can have ten Golden Companies, it won't matter at that point. So, Jamie is the voice of reason towards the end right. of Season 7. He says, exactly. this is not about crowns, it's not about titles, it's not about names, it's the living and the dead. Let's deal with that, because... Regardless of anything else, if that threat is not dealt with, then we're all just going to be screwed either way. So I feel well, like we'll yeah, think about I mean, the good faith that would happen at that point. If she actually declared, like, obviously Danny would take the throne from her and there would be some political discourse, but maybe Cersei could, you know, she could become the Warden of the West again or something. I mean, obviously that's a fairy tale ending that would never happen. But it's still it would still be on the table more so than oh just kidding we're not sending our army. I mean I think we've saw after what Cersei did to her, her son's wife that there's no other spot for her than queen. I mean she's either going to be queen or she's going to be dead. And when you yeah. look at it that way, everything makes sense even though it doesn't make sense. You know, it, it's the only game that she, it's the only card she has left to play. And, and if yeah. everybody dies and they just go with the Gold Coast, everybody goes over to Marine or, or wherever, and hopefully the winner ends and they can come back, which is what she says, which is stupid. But then again, she's just trying to figure out how to stay queen. I think that Danny should have destroyed the Red Keep the second she landed on Dragonstone, but that's neither here nor there. Me too. <laughs> she should have taken I mean, Yara's advice. Like at that, <laughs> she should have listened to Yara. <laughs> at that Dragon Pit scene, we could have made this whole thing a heck of a lot easier. Like Drogon, Cersei, Cersei Drogon, he eats her, nothing gets blown up in the fire, and then you see the white and everybody just says, okay, let's do this now. I mean, honestly, she should just get on Drogon as soon as she finds out that Cersei's not coming. Go roast the shit out of her and then fly back. I mean, how long does it take? Like a day, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, let's, since we're already talking about a lot, that, let's, let's just get into predictions for episode two. Did you guys get a chance to watch the preview? Oh, or did you God, turn yeah. it off at the end? Okay, I watched about it like 500 several. times. I know, I watched it like. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I kept watching yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is when the shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys uh, What are your predictions for, for episode 2 Where do you think th- we're headed As far as episode 2 I think Jamie is going to get put through the ringer Like it, it, it is going to be Just a laundry list of Here's our grievances It's going to be like a Festivus airing of the grievances You've been causing a lot of problems around here <laughs> And now you're going to hear about them So he's going to deal with that, and then I think he's going to have a pretty cool speech, like from the trailer, where he's like, I promise to fight for the living, and I intend to do that, because Jamie Lannister is fucking awesome. So I'm looking forward to that, and I think Bran's going to kind of be on his side a little bit. And then apparently uh, there's going to be some kind of eve of battle, because you see, you saw Jorah on the horse, you saw, you know, the Unsullied getting ready to march, and I'm not sure if it's going to be a situation where 
there's like a scouting party for the army of the dead kind of just like a little vanguard action happening or maybe they're kind of teasing us from episode three but i i think there's going to be a lot more of the reunion type stuff with jamie and i think there's going to be you know a quick conversation about john and his lineage and uh maybe towards the end of the episode we'll start to see some battles happening i know i saw a trebuchet getting fired in the preview so very interested so do you think that in the next episode basically the only way jamie doesn't die is if brand comes in there in a doctor strange sort of way and says hey we need him like if if he's dead we lose because he can see the future in the past and everything in between I don't think it'll necessarily come to that. I think the tension is going to be very, very high strung. You know, Danny's going to get on her high horse a little bit. Like anytime you're calling back to Viserys in an endearing way, it's like may- maybe just kind of chill out on that a little bit. But, you know, I think Jamie's going to finally come clean about why he did what he did, kind of like what he did with Brienne in the bath in season three. And I think that's going to kind of hopefully change some people's minds. And I think Tyrion is obviously going to be a huge fan of his because Tyrion is not going to let his brother get killed in that manner. Well, you know, that could be where the schism starts, though. You know, because clearly there's going to be a falling out with Tyrion. Exactly. That's just what I was about to say. That's going to be tricky. Yeah, that's going to be real tricky for Tyrion to navigate because that's been Danny's kind of point of contention with him last season was she even accused him of well what are you doing are you are you here for me or are you here to save your family and defend your family what's what's going on i mean basically i can say since the trailer showed jamie fighting at the battle i can tell you he's not going to be dead and he's going to be allowed to fight and everything but i i just i just see john also coming in and saying listen he actually rode up here He's willing to help us fight. We just get, we got to put all this shit aside. I think, you know, kind of going back to themes, uh, prioritizing the shit hitting the fan, you know, there's a big situation coming our way and we need to just put all of this crap aside. You know, when John first met Danny, he said, you know, we're all children playing at a game when the real war is coming from the North. And that's exactly what's happening. So I, I think, the big thing that's going to happen is like, they're going to rake Jamie through the coals again, but in the end it's going to be, he is Jamie fucking Lannister and he's here to help us. So we need all the help we can get. Yeah. I, I either see it ending like that, or maybe Daenerys says, you know, I'm going to put you to death. And then that's when they find out, Oh shit. The white walkers are here. Like we, we can't do this right now. We have bigger fish to fry. I'll tell you what, if they, if Danny says she sentences him to death, there is going to be the internet might actually explode because there's already a lot of <laughs> irrational Danny haters, but I would actually kind of waver on my, cause I'm a huge Danny fan, but if she sentences Jamie to death when he's coming to help, I'm going to be like, yo bitch chill because <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean that you know her whole arc has been i hate and even in that preview you know i hate you like you are the person i hate more than anyone in the world and i could see her doing that with us knowing that it can't happen you know it's kind of a setup for a payoff that may never happen it may happen on the battlefield right you know, we don't know 
Yeah, but because it I, would play. I could see her saying something, and it just not. Me happen. too. Yeah, but, and it would play well too to this whole like putting some, you know, putting even more indemnity between her and the North too, and between her and John, and between her and Sansa, and her and Tyrion, especially because I think that I think that there's going to have to be some strife between the two of them, and this would definitely cause it. Yeah, because, I mean, realistically, if John is riding a dragon, if Daenerys is riding a dragon, and they're on the same team, they shouldn't lose. Right. So there needs to be something between those two that, you know, maybe she does something he doesn't like, maybe he does something she doesn't like, but, you know, that conflict is what's going to happen after the White Walkers are dead. So I think they go ahead and, and set that up. Yeah, and Tyrion. Right, right. For sure. Yeah, there has to be something between her and Tyrion to crack that relationship, which that relationship's already been cracked after all the bullshit that happened last season. So mm-hmm. we haven't really gotten a lot of the two of them. We didn't get a lot of two, the two of them in this in this episode together. So yeah, I'm I'm super I'm super excited for super excited for next week. I can't wait. Who do you guys think won the week? Oh, Bran for sure. Yeah, I said yeah, Bran. I, I think it, it's Bran. The only the only moment, and I, I think it was the best moment of the night, was the first time that Arya saw the dragons. Just because she looked up and she was like, oh, sh-. everybody else was like, oh, God, there's dragons. And she was like, yeah, I'm all about this. Like, let's <laughs> fucking go. We have dragons. <laughs> yeah. I really loved the last part when Bran is just sitting there and he knows exactly where Jamie is. And he's just like, what's up, man? Long time no see. And just, I mean, just the look he's giving him and Jamie's, Jamie, it takes him a second to recognize and he's like, oh shit. And then it just fades to black. Yeah, Yeah. somebody called that look, the look that you have when the person catches you fucking your sister. (laughs) (laughs) And then you throw them out a window and then they live. Which, yeah, I mean, he should get all the awards in the world for that, because he had to make that look up, I assume. It's either him or somebody in Georgia that he found out. He has the best best look, the actor that plays him, um, Nikolaj, what is it, Nikolaj Koster Waldo? Koster Waldo, yeah. Yeah, He's got a lot of dots in that name. I'm not even He has the best, he has the best look. I, I want a video just of him doing, like, normal shit, like, normal everyday stuff like going to get starbucks going to pick up his dry cleaning like making jamie looks well i'll tell you what they do not have a hallmark card for sorry i pushed you out the window after i was fucking my sister (laughs) there should be damn it i want maybe i mean you guys live down south so i'm sure they have them somewhere down there (laughs) wow well i'm just still confused you know kind of the last point this isn't going anywhere but so all the dothraki showed up in like jackets where did Dothraki get jackets? They're from a, a warm place. Was there like a Burlington coat factory between King's Landing and Winterfell? Like, I what, think what, there's what? some things we just need to accept. Like, <laughs> they just have coats, okay? They just I mean, they have. were invading Westeros, so technically Westeros could be cold, so they planned for it a little bit, I guess. Right. Well, it doesn't, there's no winter where, where they come from, but just whenever they were marching in, that was just a thought that popped in my head. I was like, where did, why would they have coats? Who are these people? <laughs> I guess they have to be covered up. It's winter time. Yeah. 
They planned for it. I mean, that yeah, really they... wouldn't make a very interesting episode. And in today's episode, we find uh, Larry the Tailor, and he's going to make all these coats. <laughs> well, you know, maybe the dragons are, you know, heating the air up around them so that they, they don't freeze to death. I mean, she's got two. They got to be doing something. Yeah, I I really, I liked all the dragon stuff. I, I didn't like the, the Avatar dragon stuff, but I mean, I liked how we really got to see a lot of the, what they looked like this, this I want time. ghost. We need ghosts. Yeah, I was really disappointed because I've I've read that we were going to get him, and then we didn't get him in this episode. So, I think that that's probably going to be one of the kind of surprises. Whenever the climax of this season is, whether it's fighting the Night King or whatever, I think that that's probably when the Dire Wolves are going to jump in and try to save the day. That would be pretty awesome if he's like if he went away to hang out with Nymeria and they just come and. You know, there's always that possibility we get a herd of wolves charging. I think that would be awesome. But he should have been there in the opening scene. I mean, I mean, he's obviously not in Winterfell because if he was, he would have definitely been there. So I think he's just kind of wandering around doing his own thing. Well, you know, in, I hope in we get him. Books, in the books, that you know, all the Stark children it seems like maybe have the ability to warg in, in different mm-hmm. different ways. It's possible that maybe that's how Bran contributes to the fight. Maybe he maybe he becomes the dire wolves. Maybe there's a scene where we don't know exactly who the camera's following and then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, there's you know, this is Bran in you in know ghost body. Yeah, yeah, I'm very curious to see like Bran can see all this stuff, but what's he supposed to do about it? You know, because when Benjen is like, when the Night King breaches the wall, you have to be ready. It's like, okay, so what's he going to do exactly? So. Well, you have to let people know that they're fucking their aunt. That's number one. <laughs> Which he's accomplished. Everything he's done that now. That is just kind of gravy. <laughs> he's, he's now done that. So we've got one, we've got one thing down. Yeah, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. I can't wait for next week. So, uh, do you guys want to come back and talk some more Thrones next week with me? Mm, with you, probably not. But Josh is fine. <laughs> yeah, I think me and Corey have a podcast coming out next week. It's called After Nightly. But you know, you guys can find that on Stitcher, Spotify, all the big big major labels. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> Good day, Sarah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that we're going to wrap it up on that note. Um, and everybody can follow me at Cough My Pod on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Also, you can join my Facebook group during the season called Game of Thrones. Spoilers welcome. Um, I post stuff in there constantly, as Corey knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye. Well, we're not supposed to let people know that we're all having the sleepover, right?
<laughs> We're just all in our pajamas. <laughs> this is a weekly thing, whether the podcast comes out or not. We're all wearing nat- like matching like onesies. <laughs> God, that's hilarious. It's got the different houses on it. it it's <laughs> <You're crazy>. Right. <laughs> oh, gosh. 